Greetings. You're listening to the weekly commentary by yours truly, Paul Cienfuegos. I just returned from a nine-day backpack trip circumnavigating Mount St. Helens on the 28-mile-long Lewitt Trail. We hiked the trail for five days and did local exploring and just hanging out for another four days. It was a glorious and exhausting experience. I now have a much better sense of the brute force of a full-scale volcanic eruption close up. The north side of the mountain collapsed in the eruption in May of 1980 in what was the largest landslide ever recorded in the world. But there were many smaller landslides that took out other portions of ancient forest all the way around the mountain. In total, 52,000 acres of forest were blown down, and an additional 24,000 acres saw trees still standing but killed by the heat of the blast. By chance, at the moment of the eruption, I was camped across the Columbia River from Longview, Washington, so I was a direct witness of what transpired on that fateful day when a tidal wave of mud, trees, and melted snow and ice cascaded down the mountain following the Toodle River drainage and took out Interstate 5 and a portion of the town of Longview. Mount St. Helens was protected as a 110,000-acre national monument in 1982, two years after the eruption. Almost immediately afterwards, corporate executives proposed a massive salvage logging operation in vast areas of forest adjacent to the mountain that had been heavily impacted by the blast, but that lay just outside of the proposed National Monument's boundaries. Salvage logging is the cutting down of dead standing trees. Most of that land was owned by the Weyerhaeuser Corporation or Burlington Northern Timberlands Corporation, or was managed by the Forest Service or the Washington State Department of Natural Resources. Salvage logging began in late summer 1980, just a few months after the eruption. The logging companies then replanted just three commercially valuable species of trees in those areas, noble fir, dug fir, and western white pine. Researchers have studied the ecological impact in the blast zone of areas that were salvage logged and commercially replanted, versus areas where the dead standing trees were left as part of the ecological framework and no replanting took place. As you might well imagine, the healthier landscapes today are the ones that were left to heal themselves with no intrusion by commercial interests. According to a 2007 study by Jonathan Titus, quote, salvaged and replanted plots had significantly lower herb and shrub cover, richness, diversity, litter depth, downed woody debris, nitrate and phosphate. Salvaged replanted sites also had significantly more stumps, bare area, and moss cover than unsalvaged plots, unquote. There's an enormous difference between a natural forest that regenerates itself versus a tree farm of just one or a few tree species planted and managed by a logging corporation to maximize profit for shareholders. In essence, it's the colonizing of an entire landscape with little regard for the needs of any of the other creatures who are trying to survive there. And as we walked all the way around Mount St. Helens on the Lewitt Trail, tree farms and clear-cuts were visible everywhere. If we lived in a truly democratic society rather than a democracy theme park, the wonderful term coined by my colleague Jane Ann Morris, we the people would never allow this critical decision-making to be in the hands of logging corporation executives. If we're being honest with ourselves, the fact that monocrop, tree planting, and clear-cut logging are still being allowed today on our public lands is obscene, and just another indication of how disconnected we the people are 
from the key decisions that affect all of us on this one round planet we all share. Is this the best we can do? Of course not. Imagine what it might look like if instead of handling handing land-use decision-making to the Forest Service and logging corporations, we the people made these decisions directly and deliberatively and implemented them via county and state ballot initiatives. Mount St. Helens is in Skamania County, Washington. Much of the impacted forest nearby is in Cowlitz County. Imagine the people of these two counties deciding via the ballot box to initiate a community-owned and managed eco-forestry program on the landscape outside of the National Monuments boundaries. Imagine a community rights process that replaces totalitarian decision-making processes made by unaccountable and unelected corporate executives with a transparent decision-making process that involves the impacted communities. Perhaps one day this eco-forestry vision will become a reality. Locally owned and managed lumber mills and secondary wood manufacturing industries will reopen and offer living wage jobs to local residents. Local economies will once again thrive. And tree farms and clear cuts will no longer be visible from the Lewitt Trail that loops around the mountain. If we the people are truly committed to building a democratic society, this is something we could achieve in the next decade. I say it would be well worth the effort. What do you think? You've been listening to the weekly commentary by yours truly, Paul Cienfuegos. You can hear future commentaries every Tuesday on the Cable Evening News in Portland, Oregon, and on a growing number of other radio stations. I welcome your feedback. You can subscribe to my weekly podcast via iTunes or at communityrightspdx.org. You can sign up for my community rights updates at paulcienfuegos.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Cienfuegos Paul. Thanks for listening, and remember, we are the people we've been waiting.